And welcome to worship. Uh, welcome to all of you who are in the sanctuary this morning on this uh, chilly January Sunday here in Meadville. And uh, a welcome to all of you who are joining us for worship via Armstrong Cable um, through our website or our Facebook page, because I know there are those worshiping with us in warmer places, like Florida and Texas and Arizona. Uh, we do have members uh, who have moved off and are still able to connect with us there, and that is a, a wonderful thing. So um, each Sunday is a celebration. That is uh, part of our Christian tradition is that when we come together each Sunday should be and ought to be and is a celebration of the resurrection. But he, almost every Sunday here at Stone, we have something particular to celebrate. Two weeks ago, we celebrated the epiphany, the arrival of the wise ones. Last Sunday, we celebrated the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. and the work that has been left for us. This morning, we celebrate the commitment of the amazing lay leadership of Stone Church. And uh, later in this service, we will be dedicating those persons for this coming year's service. As we begin worship this morning, having that in our heads, we acknowledge that, of course, uh, leadership in what we might call followship, if that is such a word, <laughs> is not possible without the gift of the Holy Spirit that uh, moves in us and through us and draws us forward. So this morning, I would invite you to join in the call to worship, which is in our hymnal on page 335, and also the words will be on the screen. Uh, the title to this prayer is an invitation to the Holy Spirit. So if you are able to stand, do so. Otherwise, uh, remain in your seats and join in this morning's call to worship. O God, the Holy Spirit, come to us and among us. Come as the wind and cleanse us. Come as the fire and burn. Come as the dew and refresh. Convict, convert, and consecrate many hearts and lives to our great good and to thy greater glory. And this we ask for in Jesus Christ's sake. And all together we say, Amen. And our opening hymn is Spirit Song 347.
we thank you for filling us with life and love and resources. These gifts we offer back now, we ask that as we give them, that you use them to also fill others with love and grace and all that they need. Accept these gifts with our heartfelt thanks. Amen. You may be seated, except for kids. Do we have them? We have two. Do we just? We have two of them, two kids. And one tiny kid, one tiny kid, Gabe. Well, come on up. Good to see you. I'm always glad when I have somebody to tell my story to. How have you been? Pretty good? Pretty good. And how have you been? Good, pretty good. Okay, um, this is really important. If I don't tell you this story today, the rest of the grown-ups don't know the story that they kind of need to know today, okay? So that's why it's really important you're here, so you can hear the story. So it comes from, we've read from this before. It's called the Spark Story Bible. And it tells us the stories that are in the grown-up Bible, but we get, you know, pictures, and it's worded a little bit different. But here's the story. Have you ever heard of the person Moses? Have you ever heard, you ever heard of him? Oh my gosh. This is a big story about Moses. Okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of the backstory before we get to here. Moses, there was a person, Pharaoh, who's like the king, was out to get rid of the babies. Now, that's a big story about why. But his Moses' mom had this really good idea that she was going to protect Moses by putting him in a basket that was waterproof and putting him by the side of the river. And that his sister, his, his big sister, would watch him and make sure he stayed safe. And it turned out he did. And then there's a whole big story about what happened when Moses grew up. But Moses didn't think that God was going to use him for anything. Moses was like, I'm just lucky to be here. I do not think that God could probably use me because I've had some troubles. But turns out, one day, Moses is just out tending sheep. You know, we've talked about shepherds before. Were you a shepherd at, in the Christmas pageant or were you a king? You were a shepherd. So that's what Moses was just being a shepherd, watching his sheep. And so then this is what happens. It says, Moses was watching his sheep in the hot, dry desert. Suddenly, he saw a very strange fire coming out of the bush. It was a fire, but the bush did not burn up. Hmm. So Moses squinted his eyes. He looked around the bush one way, and he looked around the bush the other way. Moses, Moses, said a loud voice. Moses was scared. Uh, uh, here I am, he said. Take off your shoes, the voice thundered. The place where you're standing is holy ground. So Moses kicked off his sandals, keeping his eyes on the flaming bush. And he said, I am the God of your fathers, the voice said. Moses hid his face. He was afraid to look because he knew it was God who was speaking to him. And then God said this, I've heard my people crying in Egypt. My people are hurting, and I have come to save them. Wow, thought Moses. How is God going to do this? <laughs> and then God said, 
go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to ask him to let my people go. Now, you remember I told you Moses was like, ah, I don't think I'm the person, but okay. And then Moses says, me? Who am I to go to Pharaoh? Who am I to lead your people? And he threw himself down onto the ground before God. But he kept one eye on the burning bush. So Moses is like, I do not know why you would want me, God. I don't know why I have to do this. And God said, I will be with you always. So no matter what, Moses, I'm going to be with you. And when God said that, it said Moses trusted God. He was willing to do everything God said. And God gave Moses the words and the power he needed to talk to Pharaoh and to lead the people out of Egypt. Now, there are a lot more stories in here about Moses and the people. But that story is really important because it reminds us that God, if God wants us to do something to help other people, and it's really the call from God, God will make sure to be with us always. So... We're going to hear more about Moses these next couple weeks. We'll pay good attention. Thanks for listening. So good. And you can go out this morning, but let's say a prayer first. God, uh, thank you this morning for Luke and for Riley, for all the children of the church and for all the children of the world. Thank you for always being with us no matter what. And we'll trust you for this day and every day. Amen. Off you go. You're out of here. And so as our kids head out, uh, I'm Jane Ellen comes up and we listen this morning with our eyes and our ears and our hearts to come thou fount of every blessing.
a nice centering piece for this morning as we worship. So um, this morning, the scripture will be interwoven with uh, the sermon text as we spend some time this morning with this one Moses. So let us pray. God, thank you for continuing to be a peaceful presence with us this morning, for music, for word that opens us. Now unfold your story in our lives, reveal to us this day what it means for us to be all in, to accept your uh, presence every day, and to move forward as Moses did with a yes. Amen. It's been a while since we have spent any time in worship listening to or reflecting on our Hebrew text, what uh, Christians has, have for a long time called the Old Testament. Uh, Genesis, the first book of the Bible, is the story of beginnings, of creation, of Abraham and Sarah, of Jacob and Rachel, of Joseph and his life in Egypt, the land where his family finds refuge when there is famine in their land. So we, we need to have a little bit of background about what has happened before we find out a little bit more about this one, again, this one, Moses. So Exodus chapter 1, verses uh, 6 through 10, tell us this. So, so Genesis, I remind you, ends with Joseph and his death. And we're told then Joseph died and all his brothers and that whole generation. But the Israelites were fruitful and prolific and they multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them and this is Egypt. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. See, because Joseph had this powerful and wonderful relationship with this prior uh, pharaoh. But now there is this new Pharaoh, and he said to his people, look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, or they will increase, and in the event, in the event of a war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from this land. Hmm. Not the first or last time that we will hear the story of a of a ruler, of a leader, who is afraid of another group or another person getting power. So um, how does this pharaoh, this king, take on this task? We're told as the story unfolds it. First he tries to, to kill off the, the uh, Israelites, the Hebrew slaves, with hard work. And then in a story that is just so powerful that it, it could exist completely on his own, um, the Pharaoh tells the midwives, the Pharaoh tells the midwives, the ones who are responsible and caring and assisting in the birth of a new life. He tells them that, that when you see that a Hebrew woman is to give birth and gives birth to a son, then you kill that child at birth, right? And we, and we hear our Gabe. <laughs> 
I want us to take in the real sorrow and tragedy of that story. But then we're told there are two women and they're given, and they're, we're told their names, which is so rare in all of scripture. We're told that it was Shifra and Puah said no. And they were conniving. And they allowed, uh, they went and told the Pharaoh, well, you know what? These, these women, they give birth before, uh, before we're even there. They're so strong. But that, of course, doesn't end the story. Uh, the Pharaoh will not be convinced to, uh, will not be won over to grace and mercy. Uh, he uh, comes up with another plan. And this is that for the newborn uh, boys to be thrown into the river. Hmm. Same horror, really, that we hear at the time of Jesus' birth when King Herod then sought to uh, destroy the lives of whole families through the death of a child. So what happens, and this is for those of us who had grown up in Sunday school classes where we heard a lot about Moses and the bulrushes, um, Moses' mom wants to protect him, right? Of course, like any of us, moms or dads would. She wants to protect him. And so in this basket that is water, you know, waterproof, water resistant, whatever they did to him, she places Moses in this basket, Moses in the bulrushes. And his sister is to watch over him. And while she's watching over him um, and making sure he's cared for, the Pharaoh's daughter discovers Moses. And in this interchange, which is quite wonderful, between the sister and uh, the mother and the Pharaoh's daughter, uh, Moses is taken into the Pharaoh's house and his mother goes with him to provide care and nurture. It kind of ends that part of the story. Until we find out only 11 verses into chapter 2, that Moses has grown up. So he is a Hebrew, raised in the house of the Pharaoh. But, uh, verse 11 of chapter 2 tells us this. One day after Moses had grown up, so we have no, no, no story about the in-between time, just as uh, with Jesus. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and he saw their forced labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his kinsfolk. Moses looked this way and that, and seeing no one, Moses killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. This is part of the story I didn't tell the kids, right? When he went out the next day, Moses saw two Hebrews fighting, and he said to the one who was in the wrong, why do you strike your fellow Hebrew? He answered, who made you a ruler and judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, surely the thing is known. And when Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and he settled in the land of Midian and sat down by a well. Moses. Moses is on a, uh, he's kind of on the lamb. He's on the run. He is now a fugitive from his own land. And as you heard me tell the kids' story, we know, some of us know that story about Moses now out. Uh, he's tending the sheep of his father-in-law, uh, Jethro. He's out tending the flock. And uh, what happens? 
there is the story of the burning bush. This occurs, right? You know, you've got to assume that Moses thought pretty much his life was, I don't know, over, but um, definitely life in Egypt was over. He could never go back. He must have wondered what would God have to do with him anyway. But we find out that God has actually been paying close attention, not just to Moses, but to the Israelites. Verse 23 um, of chapter 2, it says, After a long time the king of Egypt died, and the Israelites groaned under their slavery, and they cried out, and out of their slavery their cry for help rose up to God. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and God looked upon the Israelites, and God took notice of them. God heard them, he remembered the covenant, he looked upon them, he noticed them. All right, so what's that got to do with Moses? Well, what it has to do with Moses is what, again, what you heard in the children's sermon. Uh, God calls out to Moses from the burning bush. As Moses draws close to this burning bush, God identifies God's self and says, I am the God of your father. And we would add mother. This, I know who you are, Moses. I know you're a Hebrew. I know you're an Israelite. I know your family. I know the covenant that I made with them. And I've come down to deliver them. Right? This is God's word to Moses. I've come down to deliver them. And you are the one I'm going to send to Pharaoh. And Moses says, who am I? But we would translate that, why me, right? Why me, God? There's got to be somebody else to do it. And these, um, God's answer is, I'll be with you. It doesn't matter. I'll be with you. And the rest of chapter 3 and a good part of chapter 4 is Moses arguing with God. Moses <laughs> arguing with God about why, in fact, he's not the one. Um, he says, uh, you know, I don't think the people are going to believe me when I tell them that. And then he has, uh, he's got this really good argument that he's not very good at public speaking. And so if he's going to lead the people, you really should have someone <laughs> with a little more charisma, you know, and a, he, he stutters maybe. And in his final plea, in verse uh, 13 of chapter 4, Moses says, Oh, Lord, please send someone else. Have you ever felt like that? <laughs> some head nods, some good head nods here. Doesn't matter whether it's a personal situation, a family, a friend, out in the community, in the church, in an organization. Oh, please, Lord, send someone else. I so appreciate Moses' honesty here, and I so appreciate God's response because pretty much as scripture tells us God says all right enough I'm sick of this it even says God's anger is like enraged he's like enraged all right you still have to go but you can take your brother Aaron with you but Aaron will be with you because what we hear is that Aaron is really good at public speaking and so that together and what we'll find out is their sister Miriam, who had watched over Moses as a baby, will also go. 
this is truly one of, if not the best, call story in the Bible. I find myself touched by Moses' honesty and humbleness. He is no flashy politician making big campaign promises. He's not like, send me, I'll be great. He's completely on the other side. And I also am so drawn in by God's persistence with Moses, a love that will not let him go. In God's response, and then we'll see it lived out in, you know, so many ways, God's response, I will always be with you. I will always be with you. We hear this throughout scripture. I will always be with you. You are not alone. And so Moses does go back to Egypt. He goes with Aaron. And again, we are assuming Miriam because she shows up later in the story. And there is this famous verse, I consider a famous verse from chapter 5. When um, they show up before the Pharaoh and say, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go. So before Moses was all in on this story, God was all in. right? God was all in from the beginning. And that allowed Moses and then Aaron and Miriam and the people to be in. That was God's promise to Moses in the call. He doesn't answer really all of Moses' questions. He just keeps, God just keeps reaffirming, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. And that's God's promise to us. That's God's promise to us. We are in an exciting time at Stone at the beginning of this year. Yes, some anxiety that comes with change. But exciting, yes. Um, this fall, as the lay leadership committee reached out to many of you to ask, would you, would you serve in a committee? Would you serve in a ministry area? Would you take on the leadership of one role? Will you volunteer? Will you be part of? We had consistently a resounding yes. Of course, there are always real reasons why we maybe can't serve in a particular role at a time. We have persons dealing with health issues. We have people dealing with particular family concerns or, or work. But it was powerful. The number of you here and joining us for worship at home who said, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all in for, for, another, for another year or for a new year at Stone. This morning I have left at both um, the entries, um, both at Chestnut Street and over by the pulpit, our lay leadership for this year, the list. I'm not going to read every name, but I do want you to know, all of us gathered here, who has said yes to our committees and to our council. So as I, um, I'm not going to ask you to all, I'm going to ask you to stand in a minute, but I just want you to hear. So this year, stepping back into the role as a chairperson of church council is John Carnes. Um, Lisa Clayton will serve again as our uh, member, our, our delegate to annual conference. Darlene Ross uh, continues her faithful service as the church financial secretary. Our SPRC chair, which is Staff Parish uh, Relations Committee chair, uh, Debbie Knapp has agreed to lead us. And that is very uh, important, not that all roles are important, but especially in a year of uh, transition with clergy. 
Our finance chair continues to be Pat Lautzenheiser. Our communications and technology a coordinator is uh, Tyson Johnston. Jeff Lautzenheiser continues to serve as our trustees chair. Children and Family Ministries person who goes out almost every Sunday with our small people, Cindy Bland. Jim Ross continues to serve uh, both as staff, as our organist and our bell choir director, but also as chair of our endowment committee. Word list goes on. Committee on Lay Leadership, we'd add Janet Wade, Jan Emblidge, and Jim Turnbull. Staff Parish includes Kyle Jane, Sarah Johnston, Don Snyder. Trustees, Cindy Carnes, Sam Moorhead, Larry Sippy, Chuck Faust, Jim Schlosser, and Ann Finney. I'm not reading names that we have already uh, lifted up. Our memorial committee is led by Barb Baker with the support of Janet Wade and Brenda Andre. On finance and stewardship, the committee and the work here for finances is supported by Aaron Lindsay Means and Sue DeArmond. Our communications and technology committee, Carolyn Turnbull, Jennifer Royer, Derek Lee, Andy Lawler, children, youth, and family ministries, so many of you who have volunteered and have taken on leadership, Leanne Vineski, who heads up and coordinates our Safe Sanctuaries program, Lita Bowl, Laura Reek, adult education. We continue to press on with ways that we can learn and grow as disciples. This uh, list includes Ron Sackle, who stayed on, even though worshiping now in Franklin, stayed on as the leader of the men's group. Marion Beckman as well. Uh, in our worship service each Sunday, uh, Ron Snow coordinates our ushers uh, with the assistance of Bev Berrickman. Gerald Stockton. Our Children's Center Board, uh, many persons on our boards, our Children's Center Board, our Fairview Fairmont Outreach Board, um, Soup Kitchen. I can't even list all of you who have volunteered over time with uh, the Soup Kitchen. Caring Hands, which is the body that provides, it's not a committee, it's a group of people who continue to provide uh, nourishment and fellowship after funerals, but also on Sunday mornings and in other gatherings. That's uh, led by Jim Turnbull, Joyce Minnis, and Barb Baker. Our church historian who has just stepped into that role is Ann Finney. So many, so many of you. Um, as I'm looking here, I've also forgot on, um, there are members who serve on our church council uh, as representatives, all, all of you, and that includes Carol Jewell and Jan Emblidge. So this morning, I affirm and confirm that uh, the lay leadership of Stone Church is healthy and wise. And as we move into this uh, season of change, that we do so with great hope. So I would like now to um, ask all of you, if you're able to stand, if you're not able to stand, just Raise your hand, <laughs> and you at home, if you're home and I read your name or you know you're in leadership here, I would invite you to also uh, in some way indicate your commitment, because I have a very uh, short um, installation service for you. So if you, are, if you would be able here, and if you don't, I will actually call you out and make you stand. How did you like the threat? 
I thought that was nice, the threat added to. Oh, and we have Phyllis and Gar Phyllis is also UMW. Millie, you got to stand. I, I told you, I'm not kidding you. I'm going to call you out and make you stand. Um, so thank you. Thank you to all of you who have continued to be and have promised to be faithful witnesses to the work that uh, Christ has given us. So the official words from the book of worship. Dear friends, you have been called by God, literally called by God, and chosen by the people of God for leadership in this church. This ministry is a blessing and a serious responsibility. It recognizes your special gifts and calls you to work among us and for us. In love, we thank you for accepting your obligation and challenge. You offer your best to the Lord, to the people, and to our ministry in the world. To live a life in Christ and to make known in your witness and your work. So, those of you here this day, I ask you this. Do you this day acknowledge yourself as a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ? If you do, please say, I do. And will you devote yourself to the service of God in the world? If you will, please say, I will. And will you so live that you enable this church to be a people of love and peace? If you will, please say, I will. And will you do all in your power to be responsible to the task for which you have been chosen? If you will, please respond, I will. And so let us pray. Almighty God, pour out your blessing upon these, your servants, who've been given particular ministries in your church. Grant them grace to give themselves wholeheartedly in your service. Keep before them the example of our Lord, who did not think first of himself, but gave himself for all of us. Let them share this ministry in consecration, that they may enter into this joy. Guide them in their work, reward their faithfulness with the knowledge that through them, your purposes are accomplished. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so you may be seated, but I have a question for everyone then. Dear friends, all here, rejoice that God provides laborers for the vineyards. Will all of us, will all of you, do all you can to assist and encourage these leaders in the responsibilities to which they have been called? Will each of us offer our cooperation, our counsel, and our prayers? If we will, please respond, we will. We will. Amen. And so now to confirm our call, we are going to sing. Uh, take my life and let it be. You'll find the words on the screen or in your hymnal on 399.
joy this day is that uh, we both have been called and sent to do God's work in the world and that we're in this together, all in with God. So we give thanks for leadership and uh, for those who follow faithfully. Um, this day we give thanks for the flowers on the altar. They're given by Ann Finney and her family in honor of her grandparents, correct? Sybil, Sybil and Owen, Odell, yes. Um, we have lots to give thanks for and also uh, some continued concerns uh, persons in our congregation and, and friends and family that have been undergoing tests these last week and uh, starting into treatments. Um, we continue to pray for little Ellie who is in um, continuing to receive treatment in Philadelphia. Uh, we give uh, thanks and uh, for the work done through hospitals and medicine and healing and hope and give thanks for doctors and remarkable, remarkable um, uh, treatments now. Uh, continued prayers for the people of the Ukraine, for a peaceful transfer of power in Russia and for places in the world that are not often on the news, but we know there is great hunger um, and oppression and violence. Uh, continued prayers for an end to violence that we might be committed in this coming year to the Prince of Peace. Let us pray. Oh God, this day uh, we have felt your blessings here. We have felt it through the music played and sung through the word shared for the confirmation of so many who have said, yes, Lord, I will follow and I will lead. Thank you this day for unfolding a future for us, even in times when we wonder what's next. So we come with our lives open to what will be. We come bringing ourselves, our our hopes and our fears, and we also come bringing those for others. Uh, this day, we pray for those receiving treatment. We especially lift up little Ellie. We pray for those waiting for test results and for anxieties that come there. We pray for those in grief. We remember this day, the family and friends of Eva Jones, who we will celebrate her life this afternoon in this sanctuary. We pray for those who are struggling with um, illness of body, of mind, of relationships. Oh God, forgive us when we refuse to forgive others. How strange. Forgive us when we've held on to things that we were asked to give. Forgive us when we haven't lived or loved like your son, Jesus the Christ. And so now, knowing that we are forgiven, we go forward as one people, this morning empowered to pray as one family with the words that we have been taught to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. A lot coming up. A lot of action steps you will be invited to take part of. Just a couple highlights this morning. We are once again during these next two months uh, bringing in items for our Jared boxes. Uh, those are the boxes for uh, small people and medium-sized people that we created here last year to be uh, distributed to children in the emergency room and in pediatrics at Meadville Medical Center. We have a cool part to this this year. Um, I found out through some correspondence with our refugee uh, resettlement um, organization up in Erie that they always have kids and families coming in, obviously, that they're moving toward a resettlement, getting them housed, but there will be an extensive period of time before this happens. And so the office likes to have things to give to kids to do, right? So that you are not living somewhere with nothing if you're a five-year-old. And so I shared with Gretchen uh, Farley, who is my contact person, about our Jared Box project, and she said, that would be amazing if we had them. So um, in these next two months, we're going to be bringing in items. All the information will be back out to you in this coming week. And so that we will be sharing these um, both with our uh, little people in the Meadville Medical Center, emergency room and pediatrics, and also with these uh, children. Many of them right now are Afghani uh, refugees and, uh, that are being resettled here. And we also have some Ukrainians. So a lot of really fabulous uh, not coincidence, providence, that we are able to do this together. Um, we are getting going again with our Sunday morning uh, classes for adults next Sunday morning. Those of you who are interested will be with Jane Ellen in Miller Parlor. And um, the uh, inquiry and information and sharing of next week is going to be about uh, the United Methodist relationship to Allegheny and to Stone and our relationship. Always I think about the people who are looking at home. In my head, I'm pointing the directions of things. Like you're in this sanctuary. I'm pointing up the hill. You know, Allegheny and Stone. This means nothing if you're watching on TV. But anyway, um, so that's going on next week. And then the following week, as we begin Black History Month, uh, Jane Ellen is also going to be sharing a lot of the work that she has done around um, the United Methodist Church and racism. We have quite a challenging past uh, that denominationally we have uh, worked on and continue to work on. So that is also going to be in uh, Miller Parlor. So the next two Sunday mornings for adults, our kids' Sunday school uh, classes continue. So that is, that is a good thing. Uh, coming up Super Bowl Sunday on the 12th, February 12th, it's going to be done a little bit different than it's been in these last couple of years. Again, you'll be getting information on this. If you uh, were not taking orders ahead of time, if you are someone that is a soup maker, we're inviting you to bring in a, a kettle or a crock pot of soup. Those of you who would uh, like to uh, get some soup and make a donation, you can first come, first serve that day, uh, whatever's here, and there will be containers, and you can scoop it up and uh, make a donation, and the donations will be going to our WINS program, the, which is uh, the Weekend Nutrition for Students program. Last thing, maybe. Uh, I hope uh, if you are on our e-news, you've seen the invitation from a district event uh, that uh, is tomorrow night, Zoom, 7 o'clock. Uh, my colleague, Bob Klingler, is going to be sharing about the growth of hate groups 
in Western Pennsylvania over these last few years, especially about the growth of hate groups, um, anti-Semitic, which is, um, has really uh, continues to rear its very ugly head. So um, if you haven't seen that, you've got to have a link because it's a Zoom link. If you haven't seen it, please contact the church office tomorrow if you're interested. So a lot of great uh, ways that we can make action steps to move forward um, to make uh, the reign of God real here. So let's uh, go forth by singing. I'd invite you now to, if you're able to stand, uh, do so. If not, just sing from your seats, sent forth by God's blessing. send you out, um, Edna um, alerted me that I had missed a prayer request from her. And so continues prayers for all those with cancer, especially a, a family member of hers, a woman age 52 uh, who's been diagnosed with terminal cancer. So uh, we do pray for her as well. Thank you, Edna. And so with that, you are sent forth with God's blessing to answer God's call to be God's people of peace and justice on earth. Go in that peace and that power. Amen. Mm -hmm.